let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 29. As always, I am your host, Mike Martin, and joined by my two co-hosts, Jesse Cox. Hi, Jesse. Hello. And Mr. Alex Fasciane. Adiem. The one man who apparently influenced the entire wardrobe of Stranger Things Season 3. Hopper, you're welcome, bitch. David Harbour, <laughs> call me up. <laughs> He's super active on Twitter. I guarantee at some point, if you tweeted him regularly enough, you'd hear back. I'll bet you money that you can't come have Chipotle with me, bitch. <laughs> Just, I don't know if you keep, if, if you keep calling him that, I don't know that he will. It's got to be hashtag it's bitch. It's a friendly... here, David, in Los Angeles... We call our closest friends bitch, and then we. You've said never it. called me bitch, right? No, I that worries me. Oh you no! Notice. Does that mean I'm not a close friend? You don't even oh. notice. I call you bitch every time, and it just flies right over you because it's it's a caress of love. You don't even fucking notice. I'm just like, what's up, bitch? And you're like, oh yeah, I, <laughs> I know. That's what I love. That's yeah. our Alex. All right, David Arbor, go grab some some food with with Alex and See, dress exact. I, Alex will shave to have a similar mustache. I've been thinking it can, about it, David. It can be like uh, David's character in Stranger Things season three, but an alternate universe where things aren't hellish. Yeah, or like you uh. traveled thirty-five years into the forty years into the future, <laughs> and uh. you still have the same clothes on. <laughs> what are you ang about that, Jesse? I don't understand. Uh. All right, I don't know. Well, There's weird, strange things on this podcast say, we talk about all the time. And here, here it is. We're actually going to go back to the strange. And just like thing. the TV show, just as real. Right, well. Depends on who you ask, okay, Jesse? Let me just throw out there that I did not invent Hawaiian shirts before somebody Wait, what? No, no, you never invented Hawaiian shirts. You merely adapted them to your lifestyle. I made them comfortable. That's what I did. The Hawaiian lifestyle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Out in California. The Aloha spirit (laughs) is alive and well in the South Bay, baby. (laughs) You know what is alive and well? The Mothman. He's out there. He's out there. Uh... This episode is going to be fun. We're going to be doing a few more sightings, and then we're going to get into some explanations. And then we're going to leave you with a little teaser as to what part three is going to be all about. There's um, a part three? There's a part three. I guess three. if the Mothman's alive and well, it means that there's like a future mo- Like, Mothman has kid- moth kids now. <laughs> moth kids? Mo- moth larva? Lar- larva yeah, kids? moth children with his moth wife. The, se- the sequel you know. to the Mothman prophecies is the, the moth kid diaries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, last episode, in case you forgot, a quick summary. Mothman was behind 9-11, Chernobyl, uh, a couple of bridge collapsings. And the, I feel like there was some other, like, big thing. Oh, yeah, the oh, Russian, uh, like, the oh, Russian. Don't forget that. That was, that was, that was just the, we determined that was the noise everyone he made. Lo- everyone loved that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> everyone thought that was great. Yeah, Only yeah. the smartest bits for the Chiluminati that's what we're here for. Yeah, we're here for the highbrow, hard-to-attain comedic <laughs> genius of riffing on stupid shit sometimes. But today, we're going we're gonna to focus a lot, um, at least the big, the early half of this episode, specifically in Singapore. We're going to fast forward now. We kind of traveled in the past a little bit. We came up to the early 2000s. Now we're putting whoa, ourselves... Whoa, whoa, Is this Mothman International Man of Mystery? I, I'm not saying he is or he isn't. What? He's got a fedora He's on everywhere? as he travels. That's why you can only see his red eyes. A fedora blocks out the light. Completely unseeable All face. Right, that's I what's like going it. on there? Right. That owl-like it's, shape? That's what it is. It's a wide-brimmed fedora on top of his hat. Tucked I mean, backwards. on top of his head. Like sitting on the back of his head like a yarmulke. <laughs> to create a halo-like is, effect. It, I mean, 
whatever. I mean, it could be anything, really. It's true. That's true. But this is Singapore in 2015. So we're talking Whoa. not that long ago. This is very, very, very recent history here. And in 2015, there was a rash of sightings of a, quote, avian humanoid, unquote, flying around Singapore between August 28th and September 19th, specifically in, 20, uh, in 2015. Was Unlike the other for the film Birdman? That's what I haven't. I never saw Birdman. Never saw it. It's like Batman, but it's like trippy. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it was great. Michael yeah. Keaton, right? Oh, yeah. Give it a yeah. shot, guys. Go watch Birdman. That's what we got so far out of this episode. So unlike all the other things that we talked about, uh, whereas kind of nameless people or faceless people that have kind of gave their reports. If you remember the mining incident that we talked about last episode, a lot of those people couldn't even be uh, verified were actually real at all or actually happened, um, except for maybe a couple of them. But these people, unlike all of that, uh, the people who saw the creature made connection between what they were seeing and the Point Pleasant creature. Moreover, all these people are named. First name, last name, they exist. You can actually, these people are real. And this all happened in a very small time frame of about three weeks-ish, as I was saying. So they saw it and they were like, oh shit, that's the Mothman from American Right, they, they saw it, they made the connection, and it even, quote, warranted a tweet from the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, when this all happened. Is that where that shiny-ass statue is? I think so, yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's where the uh, Mothman's criny show mask can be displayed and slapped, if you so wish. Did you say criny show mask? Cry- Did I say criny show? Criny show! <laughs> Witness! Uh, <laughs> it's been a day. What can I say? It's been that a is long. definitely a guy who lives in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Criny show! <laughs> criny show? Yeah, he lives in like yeah, he lives the there. oldest shack on the block. <laughs> Go right me! I, I just seen a Mothman! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like he that steps boogie. out of his shack and then I don't know the Mothman why he sounds like that boogie character. <laughs> and then the Mothman's low flying just goes by. <laughs> oh, there he goes! <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, back to 2015 in Singapore. Um. This first sighting happened on August 28th from a woman named Mildred Wan. Mildred Wan was a 19-year-old college student, was scouting the location for a student film near an abandoned hospital in Changi. And if I mispronounce any of this stuff, apologies ahead of time. And and this is in an eastern region in Singapore. Changi was previously a naval base in a World War II prisoner of war camp. As he was leaving the hospital, he heard something moving around the trees, likely a large... Is this like a mad, spooky location? Have you seen pictures of this? I have not seen pictures of it, but I imagine any old World War II prisoner of war camp can't be a pleasant place to experience in any way. Okay, so it's not like a museum or something. Like, we're talking about, like, a fucked up... Correct. He's a student film, like, locations, so probably, you know, maybe he's trying to film, like, a horror movie or something along those lines. But yeah, not a museum or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, as he was leaving the hospital, he heard something moving around in the trees and, uh, and you know, again, in Singapore. So likely like a, like, like a large monkey bouncing around up there, but then he saw the creature, uh, <laughs> openly monkey bouncing around. Yeah, man. They bounce around <laughs> trees and shit. What do you, what do you think monkeys bouncing do? Bouncing around up there. Man, bouncing around and shaking the visual. trees, throwing poo visual. and getting angry visual. that there's another person around. Um, <laughs> but Mildred Wan just turned out to be alive. <laughs> Mildred Wan described this creature as a six-foot humanoid covered in black, leathery skin. 
Its head was round with a nose and a mouth full of reportedly sharp fangs. This is a quote directly from Juan. As I left the building, I saw the creature. It appeared to be halfway up one of the trees with huge wings stretched out from its body, which appeared to be mostly human. I felt as if the creature was hunting me or else was surprised to see me in its territory. It seemed to look in my direction before I ran off. When I turned around, it had completely disappeared. Damn. Despite scouting for a film, a student film, because a lot of people are probably like, well, where's the camera? Why didn't he have a camera out? And again, this is 2015. Cameras are everywhere, including in your phone. Yeah, uh, right? When he was asked that, he said by the time he saw the creature, he had already packed all of his equipment and therefore couldn't get any footage. That is so. That is unfortunate. Incredibly you know, unfortunate. I wish Incredibly. that he had just, he would have been able to get that footage. Yep. Again, you, you th- I know a lot of people, well, why didn't you just pull out his phone? You also kind of have to put yourself in a mindset. You get spooked by something. Is the first thing you're going to do, pull out your phone and film it? Or is the first thing you're yeah, going to do? Yeah, where do you draw the line? What's the scariest yeah. thing that you would be chill about? I mean, if I saw a six-foot leathery cr- creature, even if it's a giant bat and I never saw that thing in my life, and because like, there are big-ass bats out there, and it scared me, I'm the kind of dude that runs. If a wolf <laughs> I'm out. walked out of the fucking trees, would you go for the pick? If it was what? If a wolf walked out of the fucking trees, would you go for a pick? Would you be like, if, oh, shit. Oh, uh, no, shit. God, no. I'd be out. Right? I'd be so out. If a wolf, wolves are huge. Yeah. They're not I like little dogs you can How, punt. Where am I in relation to this wolf? Well, let's say, where's where was he in relation to the... As he was leaving the hospital, he saw something in the trees near the door, probably. Halfway up He said he saw... Trees. Yeah, as he was leaving the hospital, he looked up and he saw something in the trees and then he ran. Halfway up the tree. So, uh, I don't know, I'll maybe, what, honest. 20 feet, 30 feet? I, it, I guess it depends on... If I was across a body of water, definitely going for the pick. I don't know, because I've seen Harry Potter, and, like, demons can get you. This is a bad way to base any sort of... <laughs> it's well, all relative. It's all relative. It's Criney Shelm. Well, I don't know what it's... I know, but I know I've seen that Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't That's got the no mouth cameras man. in my shack. That's the Mothman i seen. Well, what if instead, I think we need to all come to the understanding that from now on in this field, if you see something spooky, photograph it. If you see something, say something. Yeah. We still, I don't know if we have time because uh, I know the schedules are being set, but if there's ever a chance while we're out there in England, I'm telling you, if there's something nearby that's spooky, let's do it. The haunted Telford bathroom of Nando's. <laughs> bring what? Bring it, bring the, I'm bringing that football thing. Bring the doll. I'll bring the doll. Sure. I got to see this fucking football thing. I've been dying to open this. Anyway, shall we press on? Mildred saw something, didn't get a picture. Let's move to August 30th. Just two days later, a person by the name of Alice Yimdale. No relation or any sort of known, like they don't know this person. None. Zero. Alice Yimdale was a 54-year-old bird, avid bird watcher, and her husband, uh, were, they were both looking for birds near Dempsey Hill at around uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. She described hearing a, quote, loud fluttering sound and went to investigate. She and her husband both saw the creature for roughly three minutes, and reportedly it was barely moving and could have been male or female. A quote from Yimdale says... I'd say around 9 to 10 feet. My husband says it was longer. It had a very thin body. Man, after three minutes, I think the phone would be out. That's what I'm saying. This is one of those things where there's the initial shock of something that comes to, like, you see it, like, oh, my God. And I can understand fight or flight, but I think the vast majority of us would be so frozen in place, staring at whatever it was, 
that after a certain period of time, you'd either get out or you'd be like, okay, like your brain would kick in and be like, hey, what do you're something. seeing is weird. Yeah. Do something. And I know that I would be like, all right, phone, let's get this guy. Yep. How, yeah, like, I mean, how ubiquitous is cell phone technology amongst in like, like older people? I mean, they're not that old, though, right? They're like 55. I guess this is 2015. I'm, you know, this I keep, is 20, I keep yeah, thinking, this is 2015. They were like 55 in 2003. Yeah, you I keep thinking I mean? it's like longer ago. Yeah. At that point, you have really no excuse. Because yeah, you were right. still like in your early 30s, late 20s when cell you phones were no becoming a thing. no excuse at that point. And no excuse at that point. And there was no, I, Unless I you're dirt be, poor. I would also be interested to know if the first sighting had been reported in any news outlets yet. Well, the rash of sightings doesn't stop there because the following day, somebody else saw something. Fergus Thomas, under the alias of Fergus Thomas. He doesn't want his real name to be known. Fergus Thomas of uh, Singapore? I might have to do uh, Fergus Thomas, yes, but he, sorry, he went by the alias at the time, Fergus Waffles. What? I'm when he first know, gave I the story. I don't believe any of this, right? What are you about to say? It could be like the Mothman came and we had a conversation and I learned I wouldn't believe it. Uh, if your name is Fergus Waffles, I'm out. <laughs> Did we just I'm dox out. Fergus Waffles? <laughs> I don't think Did we, we just dox Mr. No, Waffles? No, because we the, I mean that we already know the name, the actual name. There's no way we dox Mr. Waffles. All right. There's no way. Under the alias of Fergus Waffles, the 46-year-old geography teacher was walking his dog at 5.30 in Istana Woodnyuk area. And I probably butchered that last part, but I tried. Yeah, abandoned, definitely did. <laughs> an abandoned two-story palace in reportedly a haunted area. He said that his dog noticed the creature first and stood stock still and stared at, at the creature's direction. The creature, reportedly six feet tall with ten-foot wingspan, was completely Jeez. still with only its chest moving up and down as if it were breathing. He claimed the creature did not see him, because when he noticed it, he took cover behind a bush. A quote from Mr. Waffles himself, quote, It was hard to tell because the wings were wrapped around its body, similar to a sleeping bat. It was black and had webbed wings similar to a bat. It had a human head but slightly more round, and it had hair. It was like that Mothman. The Mothman? Can I tell you something? Do we know that these guys just didn't see the movie, The Mothman Prophecies? Did it air and on TV? That's how they know, like, oh, yeah, it's like The Mothman. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that's a huge part because the movie and the book are even the reason that Mothman is that worldwide like 15, known as like The Mothman. was 15 years before this, though. Like, right, so there's, there's absolutely the possibility, if not that uh, the... I would say even almost absolute uh, possibility that he has Mothman in his head. He knows what the Mothman right, but is. That's such a fucking coincidence. If these people don't know about each other, mm-hmm. unless the unless the movie aired like that week or something, that you'd get a sighting on August twenty eighth. I will do. August I will. 30th. I will yeah. do some very cursory research. So at the top of episode three, if 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 there like by chance Mothman did really run at that point, then uh, I'll bring it up because that I mean that could be a very bizarre but plausible. Ex- explanations to why this three-week period was hot with sightings because if they weren't reported on the media till later or something like that or mm-hmm. they weren't widely known to at least to each other that's pretty remarkable right that's what i'm saying that's it's pretty crazy and they all similarly explains uh the second one they'd say he was they think it was bigger but for the most part between six and ten feet we'll see so that's let's move on close for like an obscured creature in the trees, you know? Agreed. Yeah, I agree. 
Now let's move on to the next day, September 1st, 2015. Lee Fu, a 27-year-old freelance journalist and previously a holistic therapist, was on assignment in Bukit Tunku residential area of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. A little Kuala over Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. There you go. This is this is 200 miles from the Singapore sightings. To Not keep... that far. Yeah, I mean, still 200 miles. 200 miles. It's yeah, far enough. Interestingly, her assignment was for a local paranormal magazine, and she was investigating a Pontianex, or the ghostly spirits of women who died during childbirth in an abandoned house. Which sounds like something I would love to do. That sounds like so much well, she, fun. So she's already prepped for being scared. Sure. Now you can say what that. The context is for or ghosts. she's prepped to not be scared easily. But she's looking. She's like looking for something. You're, sure. If I was expecting, ooh, and I got, yeah, 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 <laughs> I would be, uh, I don't know. That would, that would shake frighten you core. a little bit. All right. <laughs> When she was in the abandoned house doing her ghost hunting, looking for the spirits of dead birthing women, she heard what she described as a dry rustling in one of the rooms. Armed with a flashlight, as all good ghost hunters are, she investigated the sound. It took three when- HP per second when she <laughs> shined it on the ghost. <laughs> she had to slam the ghost on each side a few times. <laughs> when she saw what was in the room, she dropped her flashlight and hid in a corner. Quote from Fu. I was terrified by what I saw. There were two glowing red eyes staring back at me. Then it began screeching shrilly, bolted up, expanded its huge wings, and jerked its head menacingly toward me. (laughs) Fu kept quiet and hid, listening to the breathing of the creature, until she heard what she described a flapping sound and felt a large gust of wind. When she was sure she couldn't hear the breathing anymore, she ran out of the house. In regards as to why she didn't have any footage of the sighting, she, was, she said she was too scared to record the creature. She said that she smelled something foul like a rotten carcass, which is interesting because that typically goes hand in hand with demons and demon possession and demon presences in a haunted area. Sulfur smell? Yeah, sulfur, rotting carcasses, yeah, that kind of thing. She described the creature as having the frame of a man, very thin and sinewy, with two arms and two legs, standing at about 10 feet tall, now matching the second description that we had for this episode, and covered in leathery black skin. It had large bat-like wings and human-shaped eyes that glowed red in the light. Fu believed the creature could be the Mothman itself and connected it to the other recent sightings in Singapore, stating that uh, Kuala Lumpur and Singapore are even relatively close. So at this point, the sightings are known. See that so that, that casts one, it a little doubt right on hers. That one seems a little weaker because she mentioned the other news stories. She mentioned the other one. She's right. further away, and as Jesse said earlier, she was already there looking for something worthy. It could be that she got there and she's like, "Man, I guess women giving birth and dying don't want to relive that past forever. There's nothing here. Oh, Mothman sightings, two hundred miles. Let's do that. I'll get my name in the papers." Yeah, I don't know. That's fucking weird. And that's why it's good to have credible stories and non-credible stories. Let's continue. September 19th, about, you know, we're getting up on like three weeks after this particular sighting we just talked about. Fergus Thomas. Mr. Waffles? The second sighting. Yeah, Mr. Waffles. Exactly. Same person. The second sighting by Fergus Thomas, the 46-year-old geography teacher, took place at the same abandoned building he had been exploring before in Astana, Woodniuk. 
He reports seeing a pair of creatures three feet tall with a wingspan of about only four feet, the Mothman family. The creatures had rocks and sticks scattered about on the ground and appeared to be playing some sort of game. Moth Kid Diaries. What? <laughs> well, let's get to the quote. Quote, they seemed to be playing. It seemed like they were also attempting to fly. However, it seemed they were not yet fully developed enough to have acquired this skill. After about three minutes of observation, he heard a shrill shriek in the distance, which he believed to be the adult creature he had seen on his his last expedition, and he fled the area once again. When asked why he had no footage of it this time, he said he, quote, regrettably forgot to bring a camera and didn't own a mobile phone. Every time! (laughs) So, the first sighting of Mr. Thomas, I would have deemed pretty credible maybe if you ran you didn't you know whatever you didn't have your phone on you or you're too scared it's this second story that immediately puts doubt on the first story because now he's he's got the moth children playing games with sticks and stones and the mom coming home without your gun that'd be like going fishing and not bringing the fishing rod like i don't you're going he went back to the exact same place he saw him the first time why would you not bring a camera i forgot i just wanted to go there and it, yeah, uh, so that's that's unfortunate. Come on, Mr. Waffles. Now we're going to go to a sighting where a picture is involved. I love a picture. Yes. This is another time fast forward. That takes us out of the Singapore area for all the sightings. Maybe the first one is the most credible. Maybe the second one with the old couple. But after that, it didn't, it didn't really hold water in my opinion. But it's good to know that there's all those people out there because there are always going to be people that are going to leap on to credible sightings and then that immediately will drag down any credible sightings as less believable because absolutely other people are going to jump on so let's talk about the chicago phantom chicago illinois 2011 and 2017 why do they got to have their own branded version you know (laughs) because this is america man capitalism you got to have something to sell to the people if it caught on boom you have a new you have a new mascot for your city let's start making money their own version of pizza and just like they're like, <laughs> they this did. Is pizza. and it's great though. It's I love fine. Chicago it's fine. Deep Dish. I'm not trying to start a war, but I'm just like, come on, like just call it the Mothman. You know, like what are you guys doing? The Chicago. All right, Be- beginning in 2011, sightings of a an, of avian humanoids have happened in Chicago, leading people to dub the phenomenon known the Chicago Phantom. The 2011 sightings come from a MUFON. I don't know if you guys know what MUFON is. MUFON.org. Uh, yes, MUFON.org. Uh, strawberry MUFON. <laughs> no, you will not have a strawberry MUFON because breakfast. MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. Um, you can actually go and take training and get certified and all this other stuff. Uh, you can actually join MUFON. Uh, you get a badge. It's like an investigator can... yeah, society? Yeah, there's a lot. They're basically, there are people that go out and try to, quote, debunk UFO landings and get people's reports and collect evidence. And they're basically out there trying to prove this shit is real. So it's skeptic. Uh, there's a lot of skeptics and there's a lot of believers. The thing is, MUFON is open to the public to join as long as you take their tests and all that stuff. So and pay and pay the fees. There's fees to join, of course. According to the report, the married couple took this picture below. Uh, took the picture on August second, twenty eleven. They claimed that they didn't even notice the figure until they were looking at the photos later. And when enlarged, the bat wings became evident. So you guys huh. still have the outlines linked. Uh, I don't know if you're following no, I can, along. I, I'm can... looking at it right now. Uh... What are those things called that you put on and then you jump off a building? Uh, paragliders you know uh, or, ta- or like wingsuits. Wingsuits? Wing like, I don't know. Like, doesn't that kind of look like a wingsuit? 
kind of does. I can, but it's it's interesting because of the zoomed up photo. You can see the wings themselves are redder and whiter, more in the wingspan to denote maybe they're thinner there. Yeah, like or alternate, alternate theory, maybe like a butterfly closer to the camera. Oh, maybe. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know, though. Well, we'll probably get some, yeah. some more info here. What do, what do you think, Jesse? Just seeing the photo without doing any more research. I mean, I still think it's Bupkiss, but, you know. <laughs> All I, right. I, there's, I think... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is. That's fine. On September 30th, 2011, two students in the Miller Park uh, area of University Park were getting dressed when they saw two large orange eyes staring at them from their third floor window. It was George McFly. George McFly. They reported that they felt afraid and that they were being eyed as prey. (laughs) Dude, do you see that? What is that, dude? Fuck, I feel like... I feel like it's watching me like I'm prey. I feel like it's it's prey, bro. (laughs) What? Are we its prey, man? Oh, dude. Do you mind eyes deceive me? (laughs) Just to, like, also, uh, like, if we can go back to that picture. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. I had to do a Google search just to be sure. Yeah, yeah, I think what we're seeing in this picture, so those people who don't know, there is a giant... Uh, I'm going to assume Native, Native American, American cultural dude? appropriation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> used to uh, have a lot of those in Applebee's in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And so he is... Um, he looks like a cigar Very, very chief. tall. That is a massive statue. Uh, probably outside of like a diner and or cigar shop. lot. Yeah. Yeah. But this thing, if you look at it, I'm telling you, I think that it is a optical illusion that is actually closer to the camera than the statue, and it is just straight up a bat. A bat in the daytime. Mm. I think I, I think monarch butterfly. I think it's like if you look at it, you can see the little tiny legs in the back, and you can see the sort of You can of definitely see the leg, the like the sticky legs. Yeah, I'm telling you. Go like, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep doing it. Bats. Just Google bats. <laughs> well, it was the bats are not. These bros were being eyed as prey in this moment. Back to the to the guys who are not at all high and good, upstanding students. Were they not high? Uh, I imagine that they weren't high. Not mentioned in the story. Not what? mentioned in the story. I imagine they, if they were, they wouldn't have said that they were. Right. So let's continue. Not to, to throw dirt on the name of these strange students. Who knows? They could be, like, great students. At least six other students in the area as well reported having seen the creature, which they described as six or seven feet tall, dark gray, or black, with glowing eyes. That's a lot of Witnesses witnesses. said they saw it ascend into the air and that its wings made a whooshing sound when it flew. That's a lot of witnesses. That's it. That's a lot of witnesses. On October 14th, 2011, a young couple enjoying an evening walk saw the creature. Two Mm -hmm. weeks later. Evening walk. Yeah, two months later. Two they weeks. described or no, no, two weeks later. Sorry, I was, not two months later. They described a man with wings flying roughly twelve feet above them. One witness described it as having a body type similar to a sugar glider. Quote from the witness. But they were nothing like the soft eyes of a glider. Those these glowed red. I, I guess I'm not good at a Midwestern accent. You want, is anybody else better at a Midwestern accent? By the way, take for those quote? who are curious what a sugar glider is. Oh, yeah. It's probably a good idea to explain that. Yeah. Sugar gliders are sort of uh, like... They're like what you imagine. Tiny squirrel-like creatures yeah, that can really glide. long tails. Like, like, and they can glide around. They uh, 
kind of like our flying squirrels, I guess, would be the closest thing. But they are a little bit different. And super cute. But man-sized, they're saying? This is man-sized. Correct. We saw it for about four seconds before it disappeared from view. At first, at first, I thought I was looking at a man in a hang glider. But it was those bloody eyes that made me think otherwise. Was this like an Englishman who was working at the... Uh... No, bloody as in like red. Oh, straight up like bloody eyes. Yeah, yeah. Because this is in America. Right. So, here we go. The most recent spate of sightings of the Chicago Phantom actually came in 2017, so much closer to present day. The first sighting was by a ma- man by the name of Billy Bantz. No. In- Billy Bantz? Billy Bantz, baby. Billy Bantz, hey! Billy Bantz, hey! A local truck driver. He was delivering a shipment when he saw a strange creature in the air. He believes the incident has had an impact on his life, and that the more he spoke of the incident, the worse his luck became. Billy... Quote, it looked like a flying Batmobile. I was sitting in. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I was sitting in my semi. (laughs) I was sitting in my semi trailer at around noon. I saw this object coming from Route 55 in uh, Cicero. I saw it gliding and not too fast. No sound either. I saw that it was not a drone and the size of a large car. It climbed higher and turned twice. I can tell you that it glided just like a bird. It went almost straight up, and I lost it in the clouds. This is 2017? 2017. I think what he yeah, saw no. was the Batplane. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's yeah. what it was. He saw the Batmobile and shot wings out, became the Batplane. Then we've got an unnamed witness in Oz Park, Chicago, April 7th, 2017. The witness, who chose to remain anonymous, reported seeing a seven-foot-tall avian humanoid in Oz Park area in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago's north side. They claimed to be jogging with their dog when their dog became scared by something and the park's birds stopped making sounds. A quote from the witness, It was about seven feet tall, and instead of clothes, it looked like a giant half-man, half-bird kind of thing. These wings looked almost bat-like and were at least ten feet across from tip to tip. It rose into the air like a bullet, and I heard it screech once more before losing it from my view as it rose above the trees and possibly the buildings. Whoa. So what? I wonder what? I wonder what causes this to happen. I mean, if Drugs. it's not if it's not literally <laughs> just if it's not literally just them seeing this creature, like what causes like a spate of sightings like that? That's so right. And 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 we're gonna see this one, the next one, and the one after this. All three of them all remained uh, chose to remain anonymous so we can at least pluck the idea of them chasing fame out of the equation because they don't want their names known the one thing is that i that is inconsistent is that for these ones is like where's the disaster right there is no disaster which links into a a couple of the explanations as to what this could be if this thing either exists or doesn't right um, which we'll get into the next unnamed uh, witness was an unnamed boater, Lake Michigan, Chicago, April 15th, 2017. So about a week later, a week and a day. The witnesses who chose to remain anonymous were on Lake Michigan between, um, well, I think that's 10, uh, yeah, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. when they saw the large creature flying. Quote from the witness, we were about two miles out on the lake, just off of Montrose uh, at about 10 p.m. We were enjoying ourselves when I happened to look up and saw what looked like a giant bat and not like a fox bat. So he already knows, probably sees fox bats a lot or at least understands them. This bat was as tall as my husband, who is six foot four inches or even bigger. 
This bat circled the boat three times in complete silence before heading off toward Montrose. It quickly blended into the night sky and was gone in seconds. Pretty consistent size all the way across on these. And these are, they're quietly flying and fly off to the distance and just disappear. They don't, they don't make too much noise or anything. They're just kind of there. The next, in la, uh, the next unnamed witness, also Chicago, that same day, 2017, a witness who chose to remain anonymous reported seeing a large winged creature, which they dubbed a lechuza, which is a man-like bird monster from Mexican folklore. Quote, we walked over there and saw what looked like a big owl. As we walked up to it, this owl stood up on two feet and looked right at us. We saw that what looked like huge, uh, a huge lechuza, except it was about six feet tall and really big. It had large glowing red eyes that were completely freaking everybody out. What For those who don't know, in folklore, a lechuza is said to be a witch who was killed by angry and frightened townspeople. They say that she is a ghost who has returned to seek vengeance on those who murdered her in the form of a human-sized bird with a woman's face. Some tales claim she is the ghost of a woman who was widowed by a man who remarried or the devoted wife of an unfaithful husband. What, what are they supposed to do? What do you mean? Like, are they, are they supposed to look like fucking moths like what like why like what what why did he say it looks like a lechuza because they're half people they're half woman half bird i so see. you have those like the wings but she's saying that the thing she saw this this un, this un, this witness was bigger than that like even bigger i see wild the next witness is also unnamed chicago international produce market that same day same day correct this is the third uh, site on the 15th of April quote from the witness. I looked up and saw the biggest freaking owl I have ever seen. I'm six foot two inches and I'm guessing this thing was at least a foot taller than me. Both people it said was, owl, huh? Yeah, it was uh, completely black except for it having bright yellowish reddish eyes like a cat. It stood there for a minute or two staring at everyone before shooting up into the sky and disappearing. It made everyone feel uneasy and only took off after some guys threw rocks at it. It had wings on it like an owl, but only bigger, and you could hear hear it flap those wings when it took off. So now they're not leathery wings; they're wings like an owl, but it's still fitting that gigantic bird man big, style. If it's big enough, like if it's like a big enough wing, like it'll be like flap, flap, like right. And that's what they're saying. It makes noise when it takes off. Like so the leathery versus the leathery versus owl debate. It's like right, right. I don't know. Uh, what was that, Jesse? There are other witnesses to this. We've got one more. No, no, no. I mean, like, the statement said it made oh, yeah. everyone feel uneasy and only took off after some guys stood. So if this is... Uh, okay. This, all, right. all these last... Well, I imagine, this, I imagine these sightings are pretty big right now. I, I wonder if we, we were to look into it, like, on, an, on a, a deep level, this one specific incident. These last three are all on the same day. That's This wild. is number four, and here's number five. This one's number five now. But these last, the last three one, were the ones that are all on the same day, right? Oh, yeah, those were, uh, I think it was four. Let me double check. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. One, two, uh, yeah, three on the same day. That's, three on the that's same a, day. That's a lot. Like, that's like too fast for word to spread. I agree, yeah. Um, then the last sighting of this particular rash of sightings uh, is also Lincoln Park, Chicago, this time uh, June 3rd, so a couple weeks later, a little over a couple weeks later, from an unnamed couple. A couple who wished to remain anonymous had finished a late dinner and were out for a walk at around 10 p.m. when they saw the creature. Quote, it was a seven to eight foot solid black humanoid with wide membrane wings. So back to the bat like wings that resemble those of a huge bat. 
The wingspan was at least 12 feet. The head was prominent and thinner than a human head. The, black, the back end of the body tapered to a point. No legs were noticed, but could have been tucked up under the body. The figure was gliding quickly along the length of the street heading east, then suddenly ascended into the night sky. Neither, heard, uh, neither of them heard any sound, but uh, both witnesses uh, told Strickler, the person that was interviewing them, that they felt a sense of foreboding and were still terrified almost an hour after the encounter. If I really saw that shit, I would be terrified for one year after the encounter. Right, or right. <laughs> At least an hour is not long enough. Right. Feel you. I feel you. Okay, so this is my theory. Before we get into official theories, yeah, we're yep, that's that's the end of all of the sightings that we have for both episodes. I think a bat monster and a bird monster <laughs> fell in love in Chicago and had and, kids and had some little moth kids uh, and went on a honeymoon to Singapore and they taught him how to play and fly in Singapore. Yeah, old and moth sticky. Yeah. yeah, and then they're back in Chicago in 2017. That's my theory. Moth family. Moth family. They went on vacation to Chicago. And it's ironic because none of them are actually moths. They just like, they're like, yeah, everybody thinks we're moths. So guess that's what we are. It's a family name. The moth family. All right. So we're going to dive into a couple things here. Now, um, we could dive into, we're going to skip really diving deep into the movie, deep into the book. The point of it is that, <clears throat> the book themselves, the book and the movie have outright lies in them on purpose. The director has admitted as much. The writer has, has admitted as much. For Just like to make value. it scarier. Yeah, to make it scary, to make it a more interesting story. Uh, moreover, the point really of, of both of those is is that's you just have to understand that's how the Mothman became a worldwide phenomenon. At least the the term Mothman became worldwide. Those move that movie and the books, uh, which books were first, movie second. Um, really popularized it. But we're going to talk, I really just want to dive into theories. What are the theories as to what this thing can be? And it really boils down to uh, three different categories, which we'll we'll go through here uh, and talk about. But do you boys, before we dive in, if this thing is real, I imagine most theories, even my, my I think my theory, though, uh, I really want to believe one of them. Beyond the the anonymous witnesses, probably just a giant fucking animal, right? Like, it's got to be what big it is. Big owl. Maybe. Big owl. Jesse's like giggling to himself I, over there. I mean, yeah, it's definitely an animal of some type, and people see what they want to see. Like, Normal size bat, weird big perspective, a, big owl. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not um, an evil being of some sorts. Based on light and, like, animals at night, their eyes, based on the way they look, like, you can get crazy yellow ones or crazy red ones, but it's... For me, I don't think it's for me, like the individual locations are more compelling to me than this being a single creature across all the whole world. You know what I mean? Like to me, looking at like Singapore and looking at Chicago and looking at, you know, Point Pleasant, I'm more willing to believe that they there was maybe something that was weird that night or that day or that those couple weeks like. Imagine if in Chicago, like, a weird bird was, like, in downtown area for some reason. Like, a fucking weird-ass, like, river bird or a lake bird and just, like, scared the shit out of some people. Or in Point Pleasant, like, some big-ass owl with some big spots on its back. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Like, there's a yeah. million things it could be. and I, I or, or it could be a Mothman. Whatever. But, like, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm just more, I'm more convinced by the synchronicity of 
the local right, accounts me too. together than I am of, of like, this is a monster that travels the whole globe. And let's be very clear, and everyone can look this up. <laughs> if you go and just Google, I don't know, glowing animal eyes night, something like that. Shit's scary. You probably every time. can find you can probably find articles and pictures of different animals' eyes at night, and it won't shock any of you at all to discover that while many of us know like yellow-eyed cats, for example, or like uh, raccoons having having yellow eyes, one of the things you will very quickly discover is that aside from rabbits and alligators, which have red eyes. Owls have red and orange eyes at night. Owls have so, bright red eyes. Yeah. So I feel like that's this is one of those where all of us can easily say the evidence shows that if it looks like a giant owl, it might be a perspective giant. Like from your perspective, it looks giant, but it's really just an owl. Or it could be that there are some big ass owls out there. Real talk, I don't know if I told this story before on this show. I think maybe I did. <clears throat> but I was, like, sitting in the car, like, getting ready to leave a party. And I, like, looked up the hill at, like, this area of the street that, like, kind of goes up into the hillside. And I saw this, like, form that was, like, this, like, lizard man monster crouched on a on a, on a a fence. Like, like, fucking Nightcrawler or something like that. Just, like, sitting on, like, a fence. Like, this swamp leaf creature. And I sat there and I was staring at it for about 15 minutes and I was so fucking freaked out by it that I called my friend from the party to like come down and he got in my car all like wasted like and I'm like, do you see that? And he's like, I see it. And we're like looking at it and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, I think it's breathing. And I'm like, I know, I see it. (laughs) And then we walk up to it and it was just like some fucking leaves. So like if that (laughs) just wafting in the wind, making it look like it was literally it was just like ivy growing on the thing and i just never looked at it at night before like that and if there was a fucking owl sitting right there with its fucking red ass eyes like i like i wouldn't blame you even for being fucking freaked out because that shit is so wild looking and i and i truly believe that that because it's happened to me before i don't remember any specific stories but i know i've been at night someplace that was a little bit like spooky and i've seen stuff and upon further investigation, it was like a tree, right? Uh, yeah, like, of course. I definitely, the other day, I was driving uh, down the road, and a tree literally looked like it had a mouth that was like, ah! But I just kept looking at it and realized it was just, you know, the tree had a hole in it. But as I was driving past it, the perspective was this evil, like, I'm going to get you Dorothy-looking tree. And it happens. That stuff happens all the time in nature because we look for patterns as humans. That's like a thing we do. And so we always try to find patterns and things to make sense of things. And sometimes the pattern recognition shows us stuff that isn't there. So, right. like, you can see on the fence a breathing lizard creature because your brain's like, what could this be? I'm going to try and, like, form an image together. And in Paradelia. reality, it just leaves. Yeah. But then again, Paradelia. But then again, here's another story. One time I was out at a lake with some friends and we were like sitting there like with our underwear on with our feet in the water in the middle of the night. Just cause but before we move on, are you have you imbibed anything? Uh, we were probably like a little drunk, but like 
We weren't I'm waiting like, for this to be a joke. I can't believe you're taking this seriously. <laughs> we weren't. He's like, gonna say like, and then the camp counselor came back to life. No, no. Uh, then we weren't. We weren't fucked up. We weren't like you know wasted, but we were drinking a little bit. Like it was like a. It was like a pretty chill night. We were like having like a little sentimental night. We had uh, an iPhone with the flashlight on, with a water bottle as our lamp. Like you just put a water bottle on top of the iPhone light. It was good vibes. And then we we looked up and I realized that I saw these like three figures like peeking over this like cliffside above us. And I noticed it and I was I, I was like and I couldn't really see anything other than like the outlines of the heads, you know, like I couldn't it was it was silhouetted. And it was pretty dark. And uh, I was sitting there and we were I like called everybody's attention to it slowly and we were kind of talking about it. And quietly and talk about it for, for maybe like four minutes while this these three figures were just kind of like over us. And then uh, we were talking about how it probably was just something and that we were trying to decide whether or not we should go up there. And then one by one, they slid away off the top of the ridge and we never figured out what it was. And we ran over there to see and there was nothing there. Holy so okay, <laughs> all right. That's that's no. like scary, but I'm gonna give you real terror. I'm gonna tell you this is a real story. That's a, this th- is, that wasn't a lie. That happened. No, 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 this is a real story. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> that, that was a real story. You're my, that sounds like aliens like watching you. It was fucking my senior scary. year of high school. Uh, I went camping. It was myself, my friend Brian Morris. We called Mo, and these three girls. Right, and we were just like, it's gonna be a great oh, camp out. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be so much fun. Uh, there was this girl that was going with us that I was like, I'm going to make out with her. This, this. Right? So, <laughs> set up the tent. We, we, we go up into the middle. Of, this is Ohio. We're up in the middle of nowhere. We go out and uh, set up this tent. My uh, friends are, like, really slow at tent building. So, it took us a long time. And uh, it became night. We were still setting up the tent. So, I turned on my car's lights. The tent and all our camp stuff was finally done. We all get in the we all get in the tent and we hear some stuff like outside, and we just assumed you know it's a it's a campground, and even though there are uh, we're like on the far edge and there's no one near us, it could be some of the like I think there might have been four or five other groups there, and so uh, as we're hanging out, we keep hearing it, but it's coming from the forest. We're like, what the hell is that noise? So I go out to the car, turn on the light so I can sort of see what's out there. See nothing. Like, all right. So I uh, go back, and one of the girls was, like, really scared. I was like, okay, I'll wait outside a little bit in my car and just, like, sit down. Turn off the lights and just sit there and wait. And so my friend Brian's like, uh, do you want me to come with you? And the lady's like, yeah, we can be in here. You guys can stay outside. And one of them's like, you can protect us, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Appealing to your, your urban legend hormones, really. Right <laughs> so Right, yeah. <laughs> so Brian comes out to the car. And we're sitting in my car at the time. Lights are off. We have uh, the car isn't even running. We're just in the dark. And the tent, there's a little light where I think they're talking or whatever they were doing. And we are just sitting there watching this tent, looking at the forest. And it might have been, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes have gone by. And we we're just sitting there talking. And we saw, like, something in the night. And it, like, moved through the forest. And I was like, what the, what the hell was that, dude? And he's like, I don't know, man. And we saw another thing. And we kept seeing, like, figures moving through the forest. And it became very uncomfortable to the point where we were like, we should move away from the woods. Like, the whole point was we were next to the woods so we could, like, 
drink near the woods and like not get caught by adults. Right. But at this point, we're like, we should, we should very much move. Uh, but we were like, we do- also don't want to just go in there and tell these girls there's some crazy shit going on in the woods. <laughs> this is like the beginning of a missing 411 case. So we're like, what do we do? And Brian looks at me. He's like, we could just like stay out here a little bit longer and then, like, I don't know. We like, let's just watch. And so we kept watching, and these like three figures moved closer to the tent. No and way. I was like, uh, hell no. Turned on the lights. Lights went into the woods. I didn't see a damn thing. Didn't see a damn thing. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so went into the tent and was like, uh, I think we should move this tent. And the girls were like, it's really late. Can we do it tomorrow morning? And I was like, I really nope. think we should move this tent right now. <laughs> and uh, one of the girls is already asleep. And so Brian was just like, you know, maybe, maybe Jesse and I should stay outside tonight. And they're like, okay. And so they slept in the tent, and we stayed up. Guard duty? Until we, like, passed out of guard duty. Next morning, we pack up all the tent, and we move it. As we're packing the tent to move it, from out of the woods. And to this day, the girls joke about this, but I think Brian and I freaked out. Like, a group of what we eventually called hill people. Like... (laughs) Dressed in, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to say, trash bags. Like came out of the woods. What? What? And we're like, do y'all need any help? And we're like, no, oh, we're good. Fuck. And we like grabbed all the stuff and moved away, like back to where all the other people were. That dude had to be on and, the phone with those fucking dudes in cabin in the woods. I'm telling you, right? I, I truly we got believe, our group. We got our group. I truly believe that that had we just been in that tent the entire night. They would have come and snatched us up. But that's why it's see scariest. that's why stories like Mothman aren't completely unbelievable. Right, because if those were people were just people and they were able to just dip behind a tree and disappear from you, imagine what something with wings could do. It's just like you that's never what, know. You don't know what the fuck. Like, there's no way that like I have no idea what was watching me in the night. I don't know what I thought it was a hallucination and then it was real. Like, I don't Here's know the what thing, to though. I could easily uh, be the person who is I'm these people came out of the woods they could be the nicest people in the world who are just like hey y'all need some help and I just we saw something in the woods that might not even have been real but we assumed it was them because they showed up in the direction of what right. we saw so I don't know that it was them but I just know that like the two and two together is really creepy to me because yeah. I like when they came out of the woods it was uncomfortable I was like they just, didn't look like they were going to yeah. kill us, but they were like, hi, y'all. You need some help. Like, just like the idea from? of what were you doing so close to us last night in total yes. darkness. Yeah. Right. And clearly trying to stay hidden. Yeah. Which but is why, again, if that was them and not just us seeing right. a thing and assuming because they showed but, up, it was but you and But the thing is, you and your friends both saw something. It's not like you hallucinated on your but own. But this could go back to Alex, where I was like, do you see that? And he was like, yeah, I do see that. We went out there and we watched and we were like, oh my God, look at that. And we were like following along. But right. this could be a thing where I saw one thing, he saw another thing. We both assumed we were seeing the same it's thing. True. It's true. I possible. don't know. I have no clue. It's, it, but Man. what I do know is that to this day, uh, there are three girls who think the Hill people are very funny and two guys who are not okay at all <laughs> with the Hill with people. With the Hill people. You're like thinking about like the Hills have eyes and shit. Yeah, man. You don't want to end up somebody's, like, dining room table. 
<clears throat> All right. <laughs> that listen, you both your stories are horrifying, and I don't know if I'm jealous or be jealous. lucky Not that I haven't had those experiences yet. That same night, I saw You'd... two deer walk out of the woods at us, and it just like fucked us up because we were like, <laughs> yeah, already... I was trying to like smooch on this girl for a night and i had to spend the night in a car and a and a ford probe you had to be the knight in shining and a, armor man myself and a dude in a ford probe all night watching the, the <laughs> yeah. no no more fearsome vehicle than a ford probe uh it was, a rough. it was a rough it was a rough yeah agreed it was well uh, it was a bad experience let's talk about some mothman theories all right the first thing we're going to talk about these, is that the mothman the mothman is a product of a blood curse. Tell me sure. more. Do I, do I got a fish hook in your, in your cheeks, Jesse? Well, I mean, what kind of blood curse? There are many a blood curse. Well, then let's talk. This particular one is from the early 1770s. The Native American tribes formed a confederacy comprised of the Shawnee, Delaware, Wyandotte, Mingo, Miami, Ottawa, and Illinois to keep their lands out of the hands of the settlers. That's true, by the way. To keep their that, lands like, out of happened. the hands... Of the settlers. Uh, okay. At the time, the leader of the Shawnee was Chief Kituga. Kitugua. Uh, Kitugua. Kitugua, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kitugua. Translated as corkstalk, which we'll be using as reference from now it's on. It's got to be cornstalk, right? Corkstalk. Maybe. You would imagine it's probably, but... Oh, yeah, you're right. It's cornstalk. I think that is just a typo up there. My bad. There. Though the, the good eye. Though the numbers were even, the Native Americans couldn't compete with the muskets of the settlers, and they retreated westward to the wilds of Ohio. To keep them from returning, the settlers built a fort at the junction of Kanawha and Ohio Rivers. It is this fort that, in 1794, would become the town of Point Pleasant. Damn, that's an old town! How, how interesting. It's an old fucking town! Chief Cornstalk did not want the, to continue fighting and lo, uh, loss of life, so he made peace with the settlers. However, in 1777, in the heat of the Revolutionary War, the British started coaxing the Native Americans into attacking the rebellious colonies. Dang. On November 7th, Chief Cornstalk and the Delaware Chief Red Hawk, along with another unknown Native American, went to the fort to speak with Captain Arbuckle. The chiefs explained that they were opposed to the war, but as it was only them and their men, they may be forced to go along with the rest of the tribe confederacy. Hearing that, they wouldn't stop their men from fighting against the colonies. Captain Arbuckle had them taken as hostages to keep the other tribes from attacking and forcing them into a standoff. What a dumbass. <laughs> On November 9th, <laughs> Chief Cornstalk's son, uh, Elenis, Ellen, Ellenis, Ellen Pisco? Ellen Pisco? Ellen Episco, there you go, I'm bad at this. Ellen Episco came to see his father and was detained. The next day, two men hunting deer near the fort were ambushed by Native Americans, and while one was able to escape, the other was killed. Enraged, the people of the fort broke into the quarters where the hostages were held and decided to execute the prisoners as revenge. Oh my god, they killed two chiefs? Yeah, and uh, and they also detained the other person they detained. What is the opposite the people who of came politics? To visit. What do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, savagery? Yeah, yeah. That's what this is. It's 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 awful. All four prison, uh, all four of the prisoners were killed. The unknown man was strangled. Chief Red Hawk tried to escape by climbing up the chimney, but was caught and killed. Elenis Pisco was shot where he had been sitting, and Chief Cornstalk took eight bullets before falling to the floor. As he lay dying, he uttered these words: "Quote, I was the borderman's friend. 
Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale-faced enemies with the Redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May it, the strength of its people be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. Jesus. We'll get to the uh, that particular quote in a little bit, though. Just remember that quote for right now. Okay. When he died, unlike uh, the others which were thrown into the Kanawha, uh, into the Kanawha uh, River, he was, bur- uh, he was buried uh, at the junction of the rivers. In 1840, his bones were moved to, the build, uh, to build the Mason County Courthouse, and in 1899, a monument was erected in Cornstalk's memory. Wow. In the late 1950s, Point Pleasant wanted to build another in a cor- uh, wanted to build another courthouse, and Chief Cornstalk's remains, amounting to th- uh, three teeth and 15 pieces of bone, were placed into an aluminum box and reinterred in the uh, in the corner of the Tuendi Way Park, next to the grave of a, f- a frontiersman he fought and later befriended. A 12-foot monument was built in his honor. This is not the only monument dedicated to the f- uh, feared Native American chief. There is one 86 foot uh, feet tall and dedicated in August 1909, one month behind schedule. The night before the original dedication on July 22nd, the clear sky erupted into lightning, badly damaging the crane that was meant to put the monument in place. Uh-oh. It took a it took a month for the crane to be repaired. After the monument was dedicated, it stood proud for 12 years until on July 4th, 1921, another burst of lightning struck the monument, damaging the capstone and some graphite blocks. Damn. Many tragedies in the Point Pleasant area have been blamed on Chief Cornstalk's dying curse, including the Silver Bridge disaster. The December 6, 1907, Monaha, um, um, Mana, Monaga, West Virginia, 310 coal miners killed in the worst coal mine disaster. June 22nd and 23rd, 1944, Tri-State area, 150 people killed by a tornado. August 10th, 1968, uh, the airport, 35 of, 70, of 30, 35 of 37 people on board killed when a, a Piedmont Airlines plane crashed. November 4th, 1970, Huntington, West Virginia, 75 people, including most of the Marshall University football team, killed when a Southern Airways DC-10 crashed into a mountain. March 2nd, 1976, Mason County Jail, Bruce and Harriet Sisk, as well as three law enforcement officers were killed when Mr. Sisk brought a suitcase full of explosives into the jail to destroy the building and kill himself and his wife, who had been arrested for the murder of their infant daughter. Jesus. January 23rd, 1978, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a freight train derails and pours 20,000 gallons of toxic uh, epichlorohydrine into the water supply, contaminating it and causing the wells to be abandoned. Jesus. And April 27th, 1978, St. Mary's, West Virginia, 51 workers killed, building, power plant, uh, building a power plant when the construction scaffolding collapsed, dropping them 170 feet. And as fascinating, as interesting as this theory is, there is no historical evidence that the, those particular words, that quote, was ever uttered in, uh, uh, from Chief Cornstalk. <laughs> However, the rest of the history did, that was I, mentioned is true. Where did it even come from? Probably people, my guess, people started, you know, tragedy started happening. And people are very superstitious. And they know what happened at Point Pleasant. It's probably a very big part of their local history. Right. It's like this tragedy that happened. His name, he has a bunch of monuments. The horrible things that happened to him. I feel like by associating all this stuff, when you're reading about Cornstalk's 
history and his past right. and like all the stuff that he was associated with. I feel like by then associating this supernatural element and his like, I will have revenge from the on the. Yes. I feel like that almost lessens what a badass this dude was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought so, I thought you were gonna say that his statue was removed and replaced with the fucking Mothman, Mothman statue. The Mothman. And I was like, oh no, they didn't. I thought I thought that's where you were legit going with it. Nope, nope. Let's go to the next of our three theories that we're gonna run through today. Um, the next one is once again Native American related. Uh, one of the more popular ones is that it's a Native American spirit, uh, Masinga, is how you pronounce the spirit's name, Masinga. There have been similarities observed between the Point Pleasant Mothman and the Shawnee, Lenape, and Munsee tribal legends of the Masinga. The Masinga is the Lenape mask spirit, a sacred medicine spirit who maintains the balance of nature, appears to Lapine men in dreams, and is the focus of certain traditional Lapine religious rituals, specifically the bread dance. The Masinga is usually depicted as a face with the top half colored red and the bottom half black. The Masinga is the protector of all animals. It can take a humanoid form and rides through the forest on the back of a deer, helping respectful hunters and punishing those who despoil the forest. If this is true, then perhaps the Masinga was upset by the ammunition bunkers polluting the forest of the TNT area. If you remember, that was an area that uh, was seen a lot of Mothman activity and wanted to punish those who he felt responsible. It's like a magical game warden. <laughs> yeah, they- it's like the game warden of of, uh, of, of the, the Native Americans. Yeah. Then you got the Wapi. According to Shawnee legend, a warrior named Wapi or White Hawk fell in love with the youngest daughter of the Star Chief when she and her el- eleven sisters came down to play on Earth. So obviously, spiritual beings coming down to play with mortal men. Something that you see in a lot of different religions over the course of history. He kept her from returning to the Starlands, married her, and had a child with her. One day, she asked Wapi if she could return to the Starlands to introduce their son to her father. Wapi, seeing her sadness and homesickness, said yes. She did not return from the Starlands. Eventually, the Star Chief's daughter asked if there was a way Wapi could come and live with them in the Starlands. The Star Chief told Wapi if he could gather a piece of every animal that lived in the forest, he could come live with them in the Starlands. Wapi spent four days gathering bits and pieces of all the animals and brought them to the people of the Starlands. It's a beautiful Nintendo 64 game. Right? I never even thought of that. Each person took a piece from an animal, became that animal, and fled. Wapi took the feather of the white hawk and gave another to his wife and a third to his son. They all became hawks and flew away. Perhaps it is the half-bird, half-man spirit of Wapi coming down from his new home in the Starlands to visit his home forest with his wife and his son. No, you can't go home again. This is the stereotypical <laughs> story from a small town. He went to the Starlands. He ain't coming home. This is a classic big little time now. This is a classic yeah. little Merms. And then the final theory that we're going to cover here, and there's a countless, um, but the final one for this episode is one that we could probably all buy into a little bit more. It's a bird. Believe it. I believe it. I like the Wapi story. I believe story. that. Well, that's, the one, that's my favorite one. <laughs> right? I like the Wapi story to be real. That's like a fucking Right, that's super movie. magical. Yeah, or yeah, that's like a Disney animation waiting to yeah, happen or that. something. It's great. So after hearing the reports in Point Pleasant, Mason County Sheriff George Johnson said the creature was nothing more than a bird known as the Shitapoke, also known as a shag. The Shitapoke? Shitapoke. Get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> Maybe it's probably shite, shite poke. Shite poke is not better than shit of poke. <laughs> it's, it's a species probably, it probably of is shite poke, actually. <laughs> it's a species of heron. Um, officials were unable to reconcile uh, this. It's, with the... it's more than that. It's called a shit pock. Shit pock? It's the worst version. No, no, never mind. It is shite poke. You're right. Shite, shite poke. poke. Probably fucking is. There's a right shite poke right there. Go. So let's practice that. Yeah, for shite poke. It's the pronunciation. Shite poke. Shite poke. <laughs> is that the English call anal? <laughs> Fancy a bit of shite poke. <laughs> no, it's just, I got a I got... shite poke. <laughs> Officials were unable to reconcile this with the claims that the creature was flying at or above 100 miles per hour, however. Others have postulated that the culprit is a sandhill crane, which stands at 4 feet tall with a wingspan of up to 7 feet, which would be pretty close to the constant 10 feet that people are shouting. Uh, it also has a prominent red spot on its head. However, the witnesses maintain that what they saw was not a crane. Others have also postulated that the creature's glowing eyes were nothing more than the large reflective eyes of an owl, specifically the barred and great horned owls. This theory does not explain the partridge and scarberry and millet sightings, but considering the sightings went on for the following year, people who had heard of the creature may be more apt to see reflective eyes and think mystery creature, not the common owl, which is something that we kind of posited in episode one. Like people are going to freak out. And think it's going to be a a monster because you're panicking, but really it's just the can dark I, plays tricks a big on ass you, man. Bird, yeah. Can I like, can I like blow your mind really quick? I'm ready. Blow it. Okay. So, uh, one of the most famous Mothman images, right? Um, is this image right here that I'm going to send to you guys and everyone in the Discord world can or Twitter see, uh, on our chat right here. Boom. Done. Okay. okay. Um. So. In this mm. in this photo, it's the black and white photo of what appears to be a Mothman, ah! like flying, like <laughs> jumping, right? No. But but if you look up a shite poke, and you look at the way they fly, oh, if you look at this image, and then you those things that look like feet, right? If you're looking at it yeah. going uh, right to left, if you now look at it going left to right, that is something in the mouth of the shite poke. Oh, so it's like it has it has something in its beak, and then it's just a normal bird with something in its beak. And when that photo was taken, whatever it's in, its yeah, because your now brain looks like- is your brain is constantly telling you to in this picture to focus on the nub because it's the head. When you're not even that's not yeah, even the nub true. is like the butt end of this bird, and the part that looks like its weird feet are actually like a eel or a snake or a fish or something in its mouth. Yeah, that is wild. That's cool. That's a cool way. What was that? That's why I'm like looking at. For some reason, there's like a lot of pictures of this bird shitting. But other than that, like, <laughs> how strange. I'm serious. Yeah, if you look at it, if you look at it fly, and you see the way the bird looks when it spreads its wings, and then and then uh, you look at this image instead of looking at it as a dude, which I think is weird. Why we would see it that way to begin with? As a dude with his arms that are wings, he's like flapping, trying to keep himself away. If you reverse it, and its head is actually its butt. Then you see the beak, and you can see its its bird wings like going back a little bit. Like it makes sense if you see it that way. I kind of see it. Yeah, me too. Well, we're not going to end the episode. Well, we're going to be the ending the episode here. But before <laughs> we're not we do the episode, but we will be well, ending the episode. We will be ending the episode. But before we end the episode, uh, we'll be doing an episode three on Mothman because the fourth explanation is, of course, aliens. 
God bless. But we're going to be delving into very one specific potential alien or a small group of about three to five, depending. Creepy smiling man? Uh, the creepy smiling man that people have been yelling about since episode one. Don't worry. We were going to cover him. But he deserves an episode on his own. A man by the name of Indrid Cold. If you don't know who Indrid Cold is, I'd just say, wait. Don't do too much research. We'll, uh, we're going to go into Indrid Cold and... His alien and extraterrestrial origins and why people, why he might be the Mothman if he's real and what he is all about. Hopefully, uh, if he's real, good intentions, not bad. But that'll be Mothman Part 3 when we get back from CoxCon. Because, hey, we'll be at CoxCon by the time you're... Well, this is going up today. We're going to be doing a live episode over at CoxCon at 10 a.m. on Sunday, I believe is what it is. Uh, if you're there, come get a ticket if we haven't sold out by now. And uh, come watch the show. Sweet. Also, if you were like, hey, you guys have been talking about Mothman, and I'm sure there's a million different versions of Mothman. Oh, what yeah. is the best version of Mothman? Shimagami Tensei. <laughs> Tensei? Whatever it is. Shimagami Tensei? Mothman. Mm-hmm. Look up, look up that Mothman and just appreciate that it's the best version. It is the best version of Mothman, period. <laughs> He's so happy. He's so cute. Oh, You're my like, God. I want this one to be the real one. Right? Like, Moth hi, kids. everybody! Moth kids, baby. He's adorable! Yep, that's the Mothman right there. Deformed Mothman. Well, <laughs> he's, he's cute as heck. He's cute as heck. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. The next episode will be episode 30, Mothman Part 3. Until then, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, as always, for uh, Chiluminati Podcast directly. It's at Chiluminati Pod. For myself, it's at Mathis Games. For Jesse, it's at Jesse Cox. For Alex, it's at Fossian AA. And you can go to our subreddit, and all that good stuff. Wherever you're listening to us, drop us a review. Five stars, prefer- preferably. We're almost at 900. Let's get Yo. there. And uh, merch. Always got merch. We got t-shirts. We got hats. It's we got stickers so, all the time. All so good. Holy shit. It's so good. I will be wearing the hat during the podcast live at CoxCon. So I want to see your Chiluminati merch if you're going to be there. Wear it. It's dope. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye.